off top jalapenos on the Scoville scale are about 2,500. Carolina Reapers, 2.2 million. Get ready for them. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. All right. So I'm going last in the back of the bus. We will not. I just like making everybody uncomfortable. Some of my favorite things to do. (laughs) It's unfortunate because you guys are my friends, so I can't make you uncomfortable anymore. You know to expect. You'd have it. to push it a lot. You'd have to go <laughs> yeah. a lot farther than that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, those voices you hear are good friends of mine, the wonderful Bill Barnwell and the amazing Mina Kimes are here to close out this three-part podcast where we are given our takes that are ranked by mild, medium, and spicy. This is part three, as I mentioned, at the back of the bus. If you want to hear part one or two, you can go to Mina's podcast for one, and you can go to Bill's podcast for part two. All right. I don't like going last because after I've like taken shots at all of you guys' opinions, <laughs> now you get to, I get to go clean up and you get to unleash on me. I can't get my revenge, but oh, well, I'm fine. I'm tough. I can take it. All right. All my takes are incredibly spicy, so there is no particular order, but I will start with Atlanta Falcons win the South. It's a bit of this is your mildest take. This is yes, your mildest, the mildest one. One. I want to be clear. The order makes sense. Okay, okay, okay. This is the this is the mildest take any of us have given. What? On this show. How is this mild? This team, okay. Well, I, I can't defend my take. Uh <laughs> Get I cannot defend the temperature of my take or the Scoville rating of my take before I lay out the take. I think I like this team because we all respect Arthur Smith as an offensive mind, the head coach down there. Mm. The offensive line is really good, which I didn't really um, appreciate until I started preparing for this episode. Uh, they added B. John Robinson, who I think is a special back. And while you may not, it may not be wise to draft uh, running backs in the first round, the reason why it's not wise is because they aren't often worth the second contract, but they definitely are worth having on your team early on. So the price for an impact player of his level, I think uh, a centerpiece of an offense, frankly, that I think has the capability of going to Christian McCaffrey levels where his impact on offense can be that special if uh, he is coached in a way that takes that into account. Adding him to a talented bunch from Drake London uh, to Kyle Pitts, the big major question mark, the shot that is going to hurt me here is we're expecting uh, some improved quarterback play. I think that's the part that scares me. I like additions that they made on their defense. And I think part of the reason why I like this team, like bringing in Jesse Bates, I think is a stabilizing force. That's going to be smart. Allow them to change. Uh, I think that's an underappreciated thing about the safety position. While I do think safety as far as their impact on the field can be Lower on the list of impactful players on your defense, I think a smart safety is capable of uh, instituting in-game changes in a way, like a veteran safety, in a way that that no other player on the team can do. So I think that guy will help them improve. And their schedule's not that tough, which is a good uh, place to fall back on. So Desmond Ritter, go ahead and tell me why he's not going to be good and how I'm wrong because of that. Mina? 
Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. First of all, I was just pulled up the FTN schedule projections. You're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, next to the Saints, they have the easiest yeah. schedule. The FTN actually has them winning the division. So congratulations on agreeing with the uh, FTN Dominique, real Some spice there. Um, you can definitely make a case for the Falcons winning the division. I have thought about it. I went back and forth between them and the Saints a few times. Um, and I think that case is predicated on all the stuff you just said, the additions in free agency, the fact that this offense is so unique and has such great skill players. I think the two things that would ding it, one you alluded to one, which is the quarterback. Although I will say... Uh, watching the preseason <laughs> game. <laughs> preseason tape grinder, Mina Kimes. Sorry for doing my job. Uh, I was struck by, it actually was a, rem- it was a reminder of how the quarterback doesn't really matter in this offense that much. Uh, you don't need him to be special to win the division. Uh, you had Kyle Pitts catching a ball that was off target. Bijan got like a screen that was like a yard behind him. It's not intended to be Desmond Ritter's slander. My point is, the, the skill players are such freaks and this offense is so well called. Uh, it, it's kind of like w- we were talking about uh, on Bill's show. How good does Deshaun Watson have to be? How good does Russell Wilson have to be to justify some of his takes? Desmond Ritter does not. I don't think he has to be good mm-hmm. for this offense to still be like top 10, top 12. I think he could be even not just even average, like 15 to 20. And I think the offense is still going to be fine. So I support you there. I actually have more skepticism about the defense because what the Falcons, the Falcons defense has been atrocious for years. They've had no pass rush forever. They went out and they got a bunch of veterans, which doesn't always work out. Like I, you know, I think the recent example of it really working out of Cincinnati, uh, who also acquired a lot of saints veterans, interestingly, a very similar Mm -hmm. approach, but most of the time it's not the right way to build a defense. So I think I'm I'm kind of skeptical that this defense is going to take a big leap, even though I like some of the players that they've added. Um, Let me just say, before you jump on bill, I would just like to point out that Mina don't try to use your job as a reason why you're grinding preseason <laughs> tape. You are a maniac <laughs> who actually enjoys watching preseason games all the way to the end and likes to send people uh, emojis about irrelevant players doing irrelevant shit. Uh, I'm sorry that Kenny Pickett scene ball was relevant. <laughs> yeah, the Kenny Pickett was one was excellent. relevant. The rest of them, I don't know. But anyway, Bill, please have at it. I guarantee Mina, 15 years as president of the United States, still going to be texting us uh, middle of August, like, you know, <laughs> random Chiefs backup quarterback looking nice. Um, no, I, I think Mina's 100% correct and that Desmond Ritter does not have to be, you know, a, a wildly successful quarterback. And we've seen the perfect example of that offense with Brock Purdy, right? Like, I, I don't know that I want to say the Falcons skill position guys are on par with the Niners skill position guys. I don't think they you can say that yet, but I also think the offensive line, one through five, is better than the mm-hmm. Niners offensive line. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think it's a a complete offense. I, I'm I'm intrigued by the defense. Like it's not hard for me to script a scenario where they're better because you get Clay Campbell in there who's a veteran who's going to be, you know, getting guys in the right spot. You've Grady Jarrett, David Onyemata up front. Um, they're going to be better against the run. I, I, I think you can start with, and that's a positive. AJ Terrell is already a really good cornerback to me, I think. Um, one of the best cornerbacks in football, especially when you account for the fact that he's had no pass rush his entire career. But 
outside of him and Bates, like the other guys they added, they were like, okay, guys, listen, we got to improve the secondary. Let's go out and get more Lions. That's going to solve our problem. You get Mike Hughes, you get Jeff Okuda. Yeah. Like those guys were bad. Like those guys were traded from the Lions because they were not good. Um, or they were moved on from the Lions because they were not good. You bring in like some of the Saints guys like Caden Ellis. Um, they brought in someone else. On- Onyemata as well. Onyemata, yeah. Um, like like the pack Ellis was pretty good in like taking over for Marcus Davenport last year on passing downs. Like there's there's some upside there, but I, I don't want to relitigate the Bijan pick because it's a sunk cost at this right. point. I just like looking at how good Nolan Smith has looked so far this preseason. <laughs> like I think I would feel better about this team if they had Nolan Smith on the edge and a different running back as opposed to Bijan and major questions mm. about who they're going to have rushed the passer. That take was spicier than your take, Tony. <laughs> Bill's getting yeah. in hotter yeah. than in your own Yeah, take. he did that to you. He tried to do it to me. He's trying to win everybody's part. We cleared out the way, gave you an ISO, let you look good on your own part. Then you come on our parts and you try to outspice us on our first spices. <laughs> I don't know how. Well, you you picked, you, you picked, uh, you said the team that was one game out of first place last year <laughs> is going to win the division Get and then he- held for him. applause. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he preceded it by saying all these takes are so <sighs> spicy. The order doesn't really matter. I think, I mean, I was trying to uh, to bias the jury ahead of time, but you guys cannot be <laughs> fooled. Um, I will say that I'm guilty of holding on to my pre-draft opinions for a little too long because, man, I refuse to accept that Jeff Okuda is not good. I just refuse to accept it. The man was so damn good in college. Mm-hmm. He was so mm-hmm. damn good in college i loved him i was so excited about it he and got- he has not panned out nearly as well as i expected and i did get excited when i uh when he when the falcons signed him and i know i'm wrong for being excited about it but that talent just doesn't disappear i would like to just he got patricia yeah, i would like to blame the lions and matt patricia i know he has some injury uh, issues also and i like to imagine that these corners will both end up being good, which will allow their defense the flexibility to be more aggressive in the pass rush, which will help their defense out. But to win the division, Mm -hmm. they are not going up against a ton of world-beating offenses. So I think that also gives me some confidence. Like the Saints are going to be tough. Beating the Saints is going to be tough. But aside from that, we'll see what turns out with Bryce Young. But even if Bryce Young is good, they don't, I mean, they don't really got nobody. DJ Chark, they don't really got too many people that are, like, terrifying the defense. Uh, mm-hmm. Adam Thielen, it's not really the... You know the meme of the white the kid with the veins bulging because he's trying not to say something? That's me trying not to talk about the Panthers' offensive line in the preseason <laughs> right now. How bad they've been. Yeah, they, I thought they were good, too, but they have... Can I just say one thing about the Falcons before we move mm-hmm. on from this weak, weak South take? <laughs> I'm just so happy for Grady Jarrett. You know that feeling when you like <laughs> hang out with like a bunch of young people and then suddenly you get to hang out with people your own age oh, and like that generational comfort where you're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I get to talk about things like that, you know, are, are of my of my actual are actually interesting to me. That's how he has to feel walking into a room with Calais and Anyamata. Like mm-hmm. that dude has been in hell for three <laughs> years and even like 55 year old Clayus campbell is better than what grady jared has been rushing next to so good on you grady I'm, I'm happy you stuck it out the organization rewarded you and now you get to play with some you know nfl players also i just want to say i do like them taking as much from the saints as possible like it just feels right yeah. to me to have the falcons win the division by actually stealing saints players away from the saints 
and their defensive coordinator. That's true. All right. So now you guys cannot make fun of the uh, Scoville level of the rest of my takes because now we're getting to the hot ones. I think the second one, Sam Howell, led by Eric the Enemy. I I feel like I have to put something specific on it because I just was thinking, like, they'll be good. So (laughs) that's not good enough. I don't know. I think that I think it's for a guy who has 19 career fifth, passes. Fifth round like draft good. pick. Yeah, good is fine. You don't even have to put enough. I felt like it, it wasn't no. like uh, specific enough, but you guys just uh, that's clear how spicy this take is because you guys are like, yeah, you don't got to get more specific mm-hmm. than that. This guy could be garbage. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this one's good. He's not he's not special physically, so he's not like he, he's a reasonable athlete for a quarterback. He's average arm strength and accuracy. He's not special in those ways. Although, like, he was a really highly touted college player. He slid in the draft. I looked for reasons why he slid in the draft. Nobody really could point to anything other than saying, like, uh, his production dipped in his final season there. And a lot of people attribute that to him losing a ton of talent to the NFL, which then suggests that maybe he was never that good. It's just he was surrounded by good players. However, Mm -hmm. I will say he is still surrounded by good players like I, I i like what they have there as far as the receivers are concerned obviously gibson's a good running back and this is also uh a bit of a vote of confidence in eric Bietami and his extremely hard practice style but just generally mean dad <laughs> yeah the meanie <laughs> mean eric eric and uh the the uh andy reed coaching tree having some impact on this team and on this roster which like they had some tough times last year. Like Carson Wentz was was their answer. That's that's not a great situation. They were awful as far as turnovers were concerned. And I think their defense is really good, which means that they will not uh, be asking a whole lot of, of Sam Howe. So all that being said, tell me why I'm wrong. Bill, why don't you go first? Okay. I... If you are making the argument of the commanders will be good enough that they can cover up for Sam Howell and make the playoffs, I'd be like, okay, I could see that. But that's not the case you made. The 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 exact phrase I have here, quote unquote, be enemy balls with Howell. So I exactly 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 can believe I can believe that sort of like the Russell Wilson argument I was making, like they could cover up for him and be fine because they were. Eight, eight, and one last year. They were very close to making it to the postseason. If they just beat the Giants in that overtime game instead of tying, I think they make it, they make it to the division. They were, I think, sixth best defense in football by points per possession allowed. So they were a legitimately really good defense, and they get uh, Chase Young back for a full season this year. But we're talking about a guy who played one game, won that game, won it, was great. In a very meaningful game against a playoff <laughs> uh, destined team, so take that. In, in that game, in that game, he was sacked on fourteen percent of his well, drives. He outplayed Dak Prescott too, so take that. He, he did outplay Dak Prescott, um, which we'll talk about, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Uh, but, but I, I want to ask you, Dominique. I want, I want to split this up into into a component again how much of this is you believing that eric Bieniemy can make any quarterback great or how much of this is you believing in sam howell being an actually useful nfl quarterback 
Um, yeah, you said useful. I think Sam Howe is a useful NFL quarterback, but I do think that this is more of a vote in confidence in everything around Sam Howe, including Eric Bieniemy, including the defense, mm-hmm. including the weapons, than it is in like Sam Howe's going to lift everyone around him. I think I look at Sam Howe and think, all right, even though I, I mean, I watched the preseason games and there's not a whole lot to be excited for. I would say that he struggled. It seemed like early in the Browns game with uh, like recognizing the blitz towards the end of his time in there, he seemed to recognize and uh, and make reasonable decisions. Balls got tipped, but it's because he's six one and not all that big. But I think he showed improvement in that game, and I think did he grow? No, he didn't grow. Did, was he was he not six one by the end? Of the I mean, game? they they got him some special shoes. He didn't grow, but I think <laughs> he showed that he understood what was happening out there. Like I'm not presenting Sam Howe as like Pro Bowl level Sam Howe, but I think that mm-hmm. he'll give you average level quarterback play, which will be good enough considering everything else they have around them. Balls out to average level quarterback. No, play. I said that uh, the enemy. No, nope, be- nope. The enemy will ball out with Sam okay. Howe. It's clear. Here, here's okay. I actually I think this is defensible. Uh, I think the Sam Howell B enemy Washington experience could go. You could go in a couple different directions, though, and that's really based on how I view Howell. Um, so I I mean you know I watched him a lot in college, watched the Week 18 start, and I think in in all of it you saw pretty consistent strengths and weaknesses. Uh, he does have a really strong arm by the way, and mm. he's very athletic. So I think he does, those are like the two things I would point to as being things I really like about him. I think those are things that Eric Bieniemy will be able to call an offense around that takes advantage of his strengths. And also they have a very good group of skilled players. Um, I think it's going to be pretty simplified. A lot of half field reads, a lot of RPOs, design quarterback runs. So I like the marriage of quarterback and play caller in that respect. I think where I get a little bit nervous about this Washington offense and why I've been kind of hesitant to be all in is he does take a fair amount of sacks. And I look at this offensive line and that's when I start to get kind of worried because it is dubious. (laughs) Uh, So I think Mm -hmm. the, you can make an upside case based on the stuff I said about, you know, the, the skill players, his strengths and all that. But I could also see a situation where he just takes way too many sacks. Uh, and I think I, I haven't really decided. I think I'm going to kind of just have to see it, you know, the first few weeks of the season. But uh, yeah, there's reasons to be excited and reasons to be concerned. You guys are really optimistic about their skill position, guys. And I mean, I love Terry McLaurin and I don't know that anybody has had it worse mm-hmm than Terry McLaurin over his career in terms of the quarterbacks he's had to play with through his first few seasons. But I mean, like Jahan Dotson's exciting prospect, like he's done it so far at the NFL level. He was hurt for most of last year. Curtis Samuel has been hurt off and on throughout his entire career. Logan Thomas is in his thirties and has had one productive season. Antonio Gibson has not been, they haven't trusted him at all being the featured back. Brian Robinson, I think it's impossible to say he got shot before the season and no way he was 100%. Like, like I think there's more optimism because of what they can do versus what they've actually done or what we can actually like reliably project them to do on paper. Yeah, I think so. Mina and I have different opinion on Sam Howe's arm strength. It appears that most people agree with her. However, I've seen him throw. And I've yet to see him just launch a ball in the NFL. But I'll take it. It's a... um it's a, a, a check in my side of the column. But I would say that 
this is the point of a spicy take. I see the potential and I make a spicy take, Bill. Like, all right. You want me to say that? I Patrick think Mahomes I think this is, is a good a I think take. this is I think this is the perfect medium take. Yeah. You heard me. Like I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe not. You know, I mean, it would definitely um, uh, I mean, the history of fifth round quarterbacks balling out is limited. Stop it. So Stop it. Stop I think it. the quarterback is not gonna ball out. I made this quite clear. Uh, but, I'd like to say, I, also, I, I, I don't believe that's true that you made it quite clear. You, I think the opposite is true. Antonio Gibson, throw him the football. Stop running. I don't understand why they don't throw him the football. He was so good as a pass catcher in college. Hopefully, that's something there at the end of me. We've been talking about Sam Howell. Hopefully, he can find better ways to use Gibson and Samuel. I love John Dawson also. Yeah. I think he's so good. I'm a big Dawson fan. Um, Yeah, Gibson, whatever. Run it, throw it, do something. Get it out of Hal's hands quickly is, is my plan. Oh. What one more thing that I am a little bit worried about? I've mentioned it, but Bill and I were on NFL Live last week, and I brought That's this true. up, but I want to bring it up here too. The Commanders ran so much on first down last yeah. year, second most mm. in the NFL, and they were so freaking bad at it. Like the numbers are abysmal, and I harbor a concern. That that's Ron Rivera. <laughs> Whenever mm. I see that, like that disjunct between like running too much and still bad at it, and I see a defensive head coach, yeah. I'm like, I'm watching. I got my eyes on you, man. <laughs> However, maybe he's he's afraid of Eric Bieniemy too, and it won't be. <laughs> yeah, I, I would think Eric Bieniemy's there for a reason. Um, well, I guess they hired Bieniemy before the changeover, right? But, yeah, they hired him yeah. before the ownership it, change. Yeah, I, I feel like Bieniemy's in a situation where he has a lot to prove. It's going to be really hard for. Uh, Ron Rivera to walk in his office and tell him what he can and can't do. I, I, Ron the damn yeah, ball. I feel like you know what, you know what though? As, a, as a running back himself, will be able to say nah. I I I I was there when the changeover happened. I watched Ron Rivera be the most afraid coach in the NFL week <laughs> after week with Cam Newton as the starting quarterback. I hit that guy up every single week in my column for mm. being afraid. Mm. And then when he had no choice, when his job was on the line, we flipped the switch. He went for it. It was only for a year, and he's lived off it for the, R- the Riverboat the Ron. But but Riverboat Ron happened. I was there. Well, hopefully, if he can change, hopefully he pulls that riverboat back up to the Potomac. It will be a lot more fun. And the city that I live in, if he could be good, and the city that Bill left, I don't know why he left this great great city. Also, also, just want to say, Jacoby's there. Yeah, Jacoby Brissett is mm. and, waiting in the wings. And and I'm not saying that they don't aren't committed to Sam Howell because very clearly they they honestly to a shocking extent are committed to Sam Howell. But you have to figure Rivera's job is on the line yeah. this season. If they get to Week Six and they're like one and yeah. five or one and four, you got to figure the Jacoby Ripcord is getting pulled. Is anybody giving any thought to Ron Rivera's was like playing trying to undercut? Uh, Eric Bieniemy, like I assumed that he wasn't trying to do that. Yes, that was weird yeah, though. Was, when he he was the but, one who came out and was like, "Yeah, the players have been complaining about like, it." I'm like, "Why say that?" It's, it's, it just seemed like it was weird. It's like it was it's weird. not even like tactical. Like you, if you want to leak yes. it to the press, like just saying it seems so clumsy that it couldn't have been designed. Mm-hmm. But it's obvious that like, yeah. uh, if the offense is good but the team is bad, you're out, Ron. You're out, and they're gonna promote Eric Bieniemy. But we'll see. Mm. We'll find all out. right, now the spiciest all right, of all spicy takes that is also possible. You guys already know it is, so there's no suspension for you, but or no suspense for you. But for everyone else who's listening, Dak Prescott MVP. Ooh, 
No, nah, Bill's take was Bill's hottest take. What? Oh, how dare you! It was. It was. It was hotter. Dak Prescott has never been a legitimate MVP candidate We're, at the end of the season. We're putting We're, up there in in the face of an offense being this taken is, over by Mike McCarthy. That's a spicy take. And the best quotes I could find from Mike McCarthy about how this offense is going to work is it's going to be Dak friendly. But he also said that they're <laughs> going to better protect Dak, which I think that it's a wise move. So. I guess I I didn't hate Kellen Moore's offensive coordinator pushing him out. I didn't think was the wisest thing to do, but I guess he's happy to go down there and try to unlock Herbert. But uh, Dak is really smart and really talented. And assuming that Mike McCarthy, who has two quarterback MVPs under his belt, well, two with one quarterback, he is capable mm-hmm. of coaching an offense mm-hmm. that could produce an NFL MVP. Dak Prescott is talented enough to do it. You add Brandon Cooks, who, I mean, he's going to give you five, six weeks, right? Maybe. <laughs> of healthy football. You add Brandon Cooks, a, a deep threat to that offense. And uh, Pollard, who is one of the best running backs in football. You add Deuce Vaughn, who is a baller and Mina's favorite season. Not postseason, not regular season, but preseason. <laughs> I think that this team despite the fact that the O-line is not as great as it once was, it's going to get rid of the ball quickly, and Dak Prescott's going to make consistent, smart decisions. Defense is going to play well. And they're America's team on uh, uh, MVP award that is obviously very mm-hmm. much narrative-driven will give my man mm-hmm. Dak Prescott the boost he needs to win his first MVP. Currently tied for seventh in MVP odds. So, I, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a take for sure. I'll just read them to you guys. Burrow, Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, Hertz, Jackson. And then you've got a tie between Dak, Trevor Lawrence, Tua, and Aaron Rodgers. Mm. Here's here's the thing about this take, though, Dominique. Like, you're among friends. Like, you're among people who like and respect and typically prop up and talk up Dak Prescott. Like, I I went into the lion's den of I'm going to – say the Seahawks are going to be bad with Mina on the zoom. Like I, I, I directed my, my spiciest take at something that was near and dear to one of us. Like we all like Dak. So I feel like this can't be that spicy because we're all kind of like, yeah, he's well, pretty I good. Mean, I, th- I, I think it is spicy because while this is a Dak friendly space, I do not, I suspect this is not a Mike McCarthy friendly space. True. And since that is the biggest change in Dallas, Dominique, I'm siding with you here. Um, Every time I've talked about the Cowboys this offseason, who I think have an absolutely stacked roster, uh, liked a lot of their moves, there's a little voice in my head that's like, don't forget Mike McCarthy's taking over play calling. (laughs) And it's it's tough. It's a tough eval because I think (sighs) Mike McCarthy, like we're probably too hard on him because of the very Mm. end of his career in Green Bay, what Aaron Rodgers did after that. Some of the decisions he's made thus far as a head coach in, in Dallas from a game management perspective. But like the guy's not a clown, you know, like he did call very successful offenses. Um, so I I don't I think it's a question mark what the offense is gonna look like and whether it's gonna be worse or better with him at the helm. But it is a question mark that would make me a little bit nervous about picking Dak as MVP. Yeah, I mean, I, it's 
I think it's spicy. I don't need to argue for its spiciness because then effectively I'm arguing against my own take. But I do think that Dak obviously has shown the ability to play at MVP level for stretches. He's yet to show the ability to do it for an entire season. Uh, I think that he can do that, obviously. I The questions about Mike McCarthy, I think, or the concerns about Mike McCarthy, I think, are probably overblown uh, because football, while... There have been like advancements in analytics, which Mike McCarthy lied to us all and said that he studied them <laughs> in his off time. Uh, the passing concepts are not wildly different from what they were in the past. And I think when you have a quarterback at Dak's level, what you end up doing most of the time is relying on him for the concepts that he's comfortable with. The most concerning thing about Mike McCarthy taking over is the old fashioned run the ball on early downs. I think Dak Prescott is. I mean, not just Dak Prescott. Most quarterbacks are effective on passing on the early downs and play action on those downs. With an effective running attack and a smart quarterback, I think the, the thing that it scares me the most is I've always kind of marveled at Dak's ability to get them in and out of plays at the line of scrimmage. The mm-hmm. scariest part about Mike McCarthy taking over to me, to me is that we have no... Uh, I have no uh, information on how much control he's going to take away from Dak or give to Dak at the line of scrimmage. My guess is that he probably wants to have his hands on it. Mike McCarthy wants to have his hands on the offense more, but my guess is they won't be blowing people out, even though they're more talented than a lot of people because Mike McCarthy style will get a lot of Dak Prescott being heroic in late game situations, which is leads to the um, Dak Prescott MVP narrative. So that is my argument for Dak Prescott. And I think any sort of Cowboys take is spicy, Bill. Like, that's a Cowboys take is spicy. Everyone hates the Cowboys. So mm-hmm. I am, mm-hmm. why I'm not, while yeah, I'm if not you, playing. If you said that on Get Up, you're the Instagram comments would be like, who let this man on TV? <laughs> Cowgirls, you know. As, as the person, I li- they literally put, put an Aaron Rodgers jersey over my face on Get Up on Friday. <laughs> so I'm well aware, well aware of the repercussions of saying something inappropriate. I have a streak twice on Get Up. Well, my last two shows, I've had a fellow ESPN employee uh, insinuate I was doing drugs before the show. Uh, two two shows in a row. That's what I'm working with. Yeah, I think with. I saw on the ESPN NFL account, they had a clip of Bill Barnwell on Get Up saying the Cowboys were better than the Eagles. Mm, which, that is true. Uh, it's a take you could have fit into this podcast, yeah, to, to be honest. That's pretty spicy. I think it's def- totally defensible. I think they're both really, really good. Wait, I want to read some of the comments. But Bill, Bill, why don't you reply to what Dominic said? I'll look for these comments. I, I would, I would like to opt out of this part of the podcast. Um, well, Dominique, I'll throw that out there because it is relevant, I think, to your your discussion here. When you win MVP, typically your team is almost always a division winner, and typically the one seed or the two seed in your conference. So, Dominique, do you believe that? the Cowboys can be the best team in the NFC this year. If that's what it takes for Dak to win. I think I'm in, um, again, I'm in friendly confines. I think absolutely. I don't think either of you would disagree with me that the Cowboys can definitely win their division and they can definitely be the first 
or second best team in all of the conference. So, yeah, it's not no one wins that. That's like the running thing is that no one wins that division in back to back years. If anyone is going to win the division other than the Eagles, it's not going to be the Giants. And as even though mm-hmm. Sam Howell, as we know, is going to ball out, I don't think that they're going to win the division. So it falls to this defense and Dak Prescott. Uh, pulling out the win they they knock off the Eagles once or twice I think this all adds to the um the Dak Prescott case and it's a whole story that we can build around Dak that I'm sure you guys will support get this man an MVP Nina someone did say he knows ball but his handle is dem boys comment section is divided shall we say <laughs> just like uh, America a lot, of, a lot of references to you doing drugs um Ooh, I, I just want to point damage. out, by the way, that uh, um, I do have Dame Damage, actually. That is a that is related to podcasting about football for so long. Um, just want to point out, OC for the Dallas Cowboys is Brian Schottenheimer. So Last time I, Brian Schottenheimer was an OC, Russell Wilson had his best season. Yeah, I think that's – well, I would say that's the other thing is like um, – I keep going, Bill and I, we, we talked about this on live, actually. Are they going to run a lot on early downs? You know, the language and all that – but there's two things that I think make me a little bit less nervous. One of which is everything this football team has done. I said this a million times on TV from a personnel perspective is not the things you would do if you want to ground and pound. Like they uh, are riding with Pollard as RB one and a running back who is my size. Um, Deuce Vaughn shout out. Very season legend. Uh, people are listening to this one. Only want to understand why I coughed at the other podcast. I wouldn't shut up about preseason football. <laughs> Uh, and then the other thing is like uh, Mike McCarthy and Green Bay actually was not a ground and pound guy for a lot of his tenure with Aaron Rodgers. They did throw aggressively with that mm-hmm. offense. And to Bill's point, Schottenheimer, I think we associate with uh, holding Russell Wilson back. But his last two years were the let Russ cook years with um, uh, with in Seattle. So I, I just, I think with my thing with Seattle or with Dallas and their offense is like, all right, let's see it, you know, because I don't want to be, I guess I don't want to overweight the way, the dramatic extent to which the coaching change is going to affect it until I see it. And I, and I'll say this too. I know it happened a million years ago. I absolutely loved the Brandon cooks trade. I think this is an offense that was really held back last year by the lack of spacing and the lack of separation from their receivers. Jalen Tolbert, who, yes, has been very good in the preseason, looks really good, too, as potential depth. Michael Gallup, another year removed from that injury, hopefully can get back Mm -hmm. to what he was. It's a good group, man. Like, it's a good group. It's a good quarterback. So I could, sure. I could see I could see this happening. Oh, you guys, I love that we're ending on such a positive note. Everyone coalesced around my spiciest take and made it stronger than I thought it could be in the first place. Anybody want to say anything mean before I wrap all, up? All all three of your takes were like preaching to the choir. I know how to play to the audience. They are great takes though. Yeah. All right. The Falcons, Smart. who are like football nerds' favorite team, are going to win the division. The enemy. Uh, the enemy. And you guys, yeah, like you, you guys know. aren't football nerds. You guys are real football people. Mina watches way too much preseason to not be called a football nerd. You can say that about me. I'm just a spreadsheet. <laughs> Right, we will not end on a negative note. You are a wonderful person, Bill Barnrod, along with Mina Kynes. You know who else is wonderful? Dan Stanzik, Sarah Abbott, and Christina Buswell, who made this wonderful thing happen. Thank you, everybody, for being flexible with me and all my travel woes. 
and we're out. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.